What's good, family? It's your boy Trader Rules from Real Last Conversations, and I get a question all the time. How do I make a podcast? And what I make my podcast on is Anchor.fm. Anchor is a free app that allows you to make your podcast anywhere from your phone or your computer. You can make money off of this. So please add to your podcast either in the beginning or in the middle. That's free game right there. You have everything in one place. So please download an Anchor free app or go to Anchor.fm to get started. Please. Let's make this money together, y'all. Love. Yo, it's your boy Trader Reels from Real Ass Conversations. This is episode number nine. Number fucking nine. And I got me a real special guest here, one of my close friends. We go all the way back to high school. I actually haven't even seen this dude since high school. <laughs> got my boy Ian over here. Ian, say your name and just give your Instagram. What's going on, everybody? This is Ian. Um, my Instagram, if you want to follow, is E underscore chapter 27. E underscore chapter 27. And, and why, why the 27, bro? To be honest, I look at my life like a book, you know, so... You know, each chapter that I go through, you know, I try to remind myself like, you know, this is, you know, my personal Instagram. But at the same time, it's like, you know, try to make it m- more connected with me in a sense. Deep ass motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I feel that though. That's hard, bro. Real quick, I just want to do a couple of Q&As before we get into digging into my boy Ian because he has a lot going on. He's in the military. You know, shout out to everybody in the military. I appreciate everything that you guys do. It's all love over here in this end. But I'm about to get into the first question. I put on my uh, Facebook and Instagram that I wanted to get closer to some of my listeners and I wanted them to be more incorporated in what I do. So I, I told each, each person to give me a question and I was going to try to answer it the best I can. So, Ian, can you help me out with this? All right. Not a problem. Not a problem. My question would be, what um, what inspired you to, you know, get into the podcast environment? Oh, you, that's one of the questions they told me right here. Okay. Uh, well, uh, what got me into podcasting is, coming where I'm from, Ian know it. I know a lot of people with great personalities that give good intake and have uh, different ways of expressing themselves. And people just always talk their shit where we from. Like nobody over there really thinks the same. And I really liked that growing up because when I went to different areas, you start to realize that a lot of people kind of, you know, have the same kind of mindset. So you appreciate people that think differently. Mm-hmm. So doing all of that, I kind of stopped watching TV throughout college. Cause I was so busy doing football and going to school. I just started like listen, watching YouTube more than anything, and I started watching this group called Dormtainment. Mm, they did like them. they did yeah. comedy skits in college, and they was like four or five dudes that was really just taking it big and making everybody laugh. They were just normal guys that talked about everyday things, and I actually appreciated that. Then they started making a podcast, mm. started listening to the podcast, got into it, and I'm just like, man, like I want to listen to more. Yeah, so you already yeah. know they got the Breakfast Club going out there, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then Joe Rogan. So I'm getting to all these podcasts. I'm listening to it. I'm just like, man, like people are really out here just talking, having good communication, yeah, learning yeah. things from people, and getting paid for it. Yeah. So like, I was like, if, if, if there's any way I can get into this type of business, I would want to do that. 
Mm. Yeah, I, I actually agree with you. Like I'm starting to I'm starting to appreciate the podcast a little bit more because it's like you think about it, everybody's adults, everybody's human, and we all have our own schedule that we follow through, you know. So it's like, you know, what time do we have to actually talk? Exactly. I feel like this whole our especially our generation, yeah, with cell phones being incorporated, we really lost the art of communication. A lot of times we want to spend more time talking and listening. And I actually don't mind listening at this point because there's a lot of game out there that people are giving out for free, and I'm willing to soak it up. Mm-hmm. And I want to give that back. I want to pay it forward. So if I can learn anything and give any of anybody advice or inspire anybody through my podcast, mm-hmm. that's what I want to do. Word, word. Nah, that's 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 love right there. Because like literally, like when I heard about your podcast, I was like, dang. I was like, this dude Traven doing the podcast too. And I was like, um, let me listen to this joint. And I was listening to each episode. I was like, yo, this joint, wow. And um, I was like, oh, and he in Dallas too. I said, you know, I take the trip. I take the trip. M- mind you, my guy is about two and a half hours away, and he's dope <laughs> out here for this show. So it's much love, dog. Like, cause I cannot do that bullshit. I'm sorry, <laughs> man. Like, I gotta become a better friend to be honest. Nah, I mean, I guess it's like. Um, whatever circumstances that we're in, I know, you know, you got your thing going on and honestly, ain't nothing out in Colleen. So, you know, I wouldn't even want you to take the drive out there. It's like literally middle of nowhere. So ain't, ain't, ain't no girls out there. Ain't no, ain't no hoes. You know, if it's it's on the top ten with the STD rate, bro, I ain't mess with these. Oh no, 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 yeah, we yeah. won't have to keep that clean. Nah, nope, I, I can't do that. After that, go to my doctor. They say, hey, we something popped up. I'm like, oh no, <laughs> nah, nah, we can't play those games around nah, here, ladies, yo. Yeah. And like I said, like last episode, make sure y'all get tested out there and have yes. safe sex. Yes, that's very important. Yes. But like, let's look. I want to get into some of these uh, female questions real quick. All right, that's cool. So I got one of my female friends. Her name Jasmine. She uh-huh. asked me. Why are men afraid of commitment? Mm, dang. First shout out to Jasmine. Uh, appreciate the question. Um, that's that's really tough. Coming from me, I'm more old school. So, you know, I'm it's very hard for me to jump in and say, hey, you know, let me have sex with a girl for one night. So it's more like, okay, I, I like to communicate, talk, so on and so on. It's like when you're starting to realize that, you know, a lot of the people in our generation and then you got the newer generation, they're all following this little trend where they could see how many people they could talk to. They got a whole lineup of people they could talk to. It's like it becomes difficult for you to think, OK, like I want to eventually like settle down in a sense. It makes it hard for me to be able to say, OK, well, you know, I want to put my energy towards building something or like, you know, sculpting the foundation. And then out of nowhere, let's say three years down the line. I find out Shorty is like messing with another dude. Like, I think for some guys, I wouldn't say that for me because I'm more, you know, I I try to keep myself busy so I don't think of those things. But there are some guys that would notice it and off rip, they would sit there and say, oh man, she messing with other guys, you know, F F that chick, F that woman. You know, I ain't trying to say bitch and shit because, you know, I'm, I'm on a whole different level. But honestly, like- Educated brother over here. (laughs) Yeah, like honestly, like I, I try, I try to- put myself in a different platform than what everybody else is following so honestly like you know with a lot of guys they they sit there and say well you know what's the purpose of me working towards something if this girl is doing blah 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 and then honestly it's honestly some dudes they um they just love being a hoe you know that's that's the simple thing they they have that ability to talk to a new woman a new woman and it's like they like, what's the purpose, you know? It excites them, you know? And I was telling my uh, homegirl that I feel like there's not such things as ain't shit niggas and ain't shit girls. It's just some people just ain't shit. Like, <laughs> yeah. I know girls out there who are savages that don't care how many guys they talk to, how messy it is. They just want to get what they want out of the relationship. 
Yeah. The same with the men. You know, some people are just like that. So it's just what you want to choose. And I mean, why why I think men are afraid of commitment? Cause it's just the times are changing. Like yeah. it's not how it used to be. And I'm not saying that it should stay the same, but like you said, you old fashioned. I'm old fashioned too. Like I wanna come home and be the provider for my wife. I wanna be the man, the household. I feel like nowadays with especially with, with young black women, with how successful they are, mm-hmm. I don't think a lot of us a lot of black men are living up to that standard. Mm-hmm. When it comes to you know being being financially stable for these females, yeah. So yeah, yeah. I feel like it's kind of hard for a woman to respect a man that is making less to her. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that dynamic kind of shifted how things are. Because I mean, if a female feels like she don't need you, I mean, a guy going to always feel a little bit insecure. Yeah, obviously, yeah. Because it's like every guy wants to be a provider. Like yeah, like yeah. and I'm starting to realize. Like, I feel like money is the motive and like we all need to progress to get, you know, financially stable so we can have families and break generational curses. But I feel like we shouldn't put such a emphasis on it. I feel like people are putting money over love nowadays. Like people mm-hmm. rather have somebody that can financially be there for them, but maybe not be there emotionally. Mm-hmm. Instead of somebody that's just there for them emotionally and like all of that, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I feel like the I feel like the times are just definitely changing. I feel like with social media, we have like a bigger magnifying glass on <laughs> how people want to live their lives. Definitely. Everybody want to take trips. Everybody want to get flued out. <laughs> I got homegirls that, that are taking trips every other week, and I'm just like, damn, like I can't even get PTO over here, <laughs> let alone take a trip. But it's just it's just different now because. A lot of these girls, like, y'all are savages. And, I mean, when when guys see that, we be like, all right, we have a little doubt in our heads. Yeah. And so a lot of guys can't handle that. And sometimes they crack under pressure. Yeah. I'm not saying, like, that's a great thing, but that's that's really the case. And for me, the reason I'm scared of commitment is just because I just see so much lack of affection now. You know what I'm saying? I feel uh-huh. like I feel like I see more people infatuated with the accessories of a person and not just a person. Mm, yeah. And no, that's right. that's I true. want somebody to I want I want my my lady, my female to be in love with me. Cause yeah. I feel like if you love me, I'm gonna love you and I'm gonna give you the world. But I feel like if you just with me for what I can like what I got yeah. or the image, it's not gonna ever work. Nah, that's true. Nah, I, I can agree wholeheartedly with that because it's like you wanna be that number one person in that in your um your significant other's life you know what i'm saying so it's like it's very hard for a person to say hey you know this person that i just met i want to say a week ago or two weeks ago i want to see how things go through and you know i'm really digging this person and then it's like the feeling that the other person may be having is like oh wow like this person is not really interesting as much like they're not exciting me and i get bored easily that's that's the main thing with this young generation they get bored easily like I, like I told uh, one of my homies, I feel like our generation, we ready to fall in love, but we don't know how to handle falling out of love. It's mm. like we expect to have the same feeling from when we first met a person the whole way through. Mm. If you're in a real relationship, it's going to be ups and downs. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> look at our parents. Like, I know my parents been through a lot of ups and downs, mm-hmm. and they still been together for like 30-some years, and that's amazing. That's perseverance. That's, that's real love, if you ask me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But- I feel like this one or two year thing, you know, one little bump. Oh, I don't like he posted this or, you know, I don't like she said that. It's just so fickle nowadays. Like, is the love really real? Mm-hmm. Like, that's, who knows? That's those distractions right there. I think social media has heavily distracted the generation to the point where their mind is not even with them anymore. 
So it's like to better explain that, it's like, okay, let's say I'm talking to a shorty and she got uh, 3,000 followers. You know, granted, okay, everybody, all eyes on her, right? Yeah. And then it's like, she feels compelled to be able to talk to any guy that DMs her because she's like, okay, like there's a new guy DMing me. I want to see what he's like. So it makes her think, okay, I got multiple options. And then it's like, it's hard for her to say, okay, this person is the very right one for me. But at the end of the day, it's like, she may get a new guy next week that has that other perk that she was looking for the other guy. So it's like, you know, women, I feel like they, I want to say they do it to themselves, but they need to understand like with social media, of course, you know, a beautiful woman is going to stand out and everybody's going to see it, see her in the crowd. Like if you see her in the party, you're going to be like, oh, that girl's hot. That girl's beautiful. Right. So it's like you're going to get guys following you. And then it's like with women, once they accept those follows, they're like, OK, well, now I get to pick and choose who I want to talk to. But then it's like it makes it hard for them to look in commitment because it's like they were just talking to two new guys like within the past three days. Exactly. And also, I really don't think we starting off know what we exactly want growing up. I feel like. Growing up, your mother and your father is still in you. Mm-hmm. This type of man you want to marry to a yeah. female. This type of woman you want to marry. Yeah. But I feel like nowadays, like sad to say, with a lot of like homes being broken from the eighties and the nineties, that wasn't always preached as much. You yeah. know, so people wasn't really taught like, oh, this is what I deserve. This is how a man should move. Mm-hmm. Some people just seen, oh, there's a person that's paying this bill. I'm yeah. gonna go that way. You know, and I feel like that do play a play a part as well. So it's a lot of stuff that goes into that mm-hmm. to that question, Jasmine, or uh, underscore legs for days from a pre lit conversations. Mm-hmm. But I actually do appreciate that question because it gets deep. Yeah, and I want to ask females that too because I feel like a lot of times females are afraid of commitment as well. It's like as soon as y'all get a good dude, y'all be like, damn, like I wasn't probably ready for this good dude. Y'all might switch up sometimes. So I feel like I want to. Flip that question back to y'all ladies. So if I have any uh, input on that, you know, just comment under the video or any of my posts so I can get into in tune with what y'all thinking. Mm. And that uh, goes into this following question. And this comes from my homegirl, uh, Kanisha. And she was just saying, what qualities do men look for in their queens? <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Shout out to Kanisha for that one. I like that question a lot because to to begin with that, that actually stems towards the main issue of why a lot of relationships don't work is that a lot of people don't um, set standards for themselves. Now, I'm not saying to have high standards, but you want to, you know, have a set standard in regards to what you want in regards to a woman. And it's like you don't want to be really picky. But at the same time, it's like you want to say, OK, this person is not right for me. So let me stand clear. Let her do what she got to do. So like for qualities for me personally, a woman that got a good head on her shoulders. You know, that would be the very first quality because I wouldn't want a woman that's with me or my queen that's with me and she folds under pressure just from the simplest of things. Yeah. You know, that's 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 the main issue right there with a lot of the, these couples is that they see something. They have an issue like, let's say uh, they get an eviction notice. Oh, now now they all going crazy because they're like, OK, well, you know, you you supposed to be paying this, you supposed to be paying that. So then it's like, OK. Are you really focused in regards to what we need to do? Do you understand that we have to come up with a game plan to get us out of this situation? That that would be my very first quality in regards to um, being able to have a good head on your shoulders. My second quality, I would say have a plan um, with your life personally. There's a lot of people that don't know what they want to do. And it's not a bad thing to not know what you want to do because you're still growing. You're still, you know, developing in life. Not to a point where like every day that you wake up, you're winging it. You know, that's 
that's like pretty much telling me that you just seeing what happens in life and you know, whatever goes, whatever goes, you know? Yeah. Um, so hold on, hold on, hold on. Does that mean do you plan your whole life out? I try to. I try to. I make an attempt to it. You okay. Because at the end of the day, something may change within that year and I may have to reformat my whole plan. But at the same time, if I have an idea of what I want to do and my steps towards what I want to do, then it makes it easier for me to be able to plan out an action saying, okay, I need to do this first in order to get closer to this goal. And if I achieve that goal, then that's good kudos on me. But at the same time, you know, things happen in life. I can't, you know, I can't change whatever happens. But if it does happen, then I can say, okay, well, this kind of steered me off course. What can I do to redirect myself? Or, you know, what can I do to, you know, find a different course to help me you know, be a better person. That's kind of like what exactly what got me into the military. Like literally my mom was telling me, uh, you know, she said, when you turn 25, you're going, you're going to start realizing a whole bunch of stuff. And I was like, man, you tripping, you tripping. And I ain't even going front. I was still living at my mama's crib. Like as a, you know, college graduate and not having a plan, it's very hard to find a job. Now, mm-hmm. I'm not saying for a college graduate, it's not hard to get a job because if you have a plan while you're in college, you can, you know, transition into that career that you want to go to and it'll be easier for you now me i was more of a knucklehead so like once i graduated i didn't have that plan so that was my trial and error once i got out i had went through a whole depression year like for a whole year because i had to do a class over and i really i technically didn't have my degree so it kind of like stumped me because i'm like damn like you know i gotta go back to dell state and finish this class with that going on i had to pay it out of pocket and then driving to dell state every day Goddamn. So, so yeah, so it kind of stumped me, and I was going through a whole depression here, and that was kind of like when my mom was going through a divorce. Um, I was just breaking up with my girl of like six years, so it was like a lot of stuff going on for me. So I was really under the radar, and um, as much as I wanted to be able to have a better light of view of things, I just was in a big ass shadow, bro. Like I got you. So, but before we dig into that, I just want to still dig into the qualities you want to find in your queen. Yeah, I kind of like drifted off a little bit. I'm about to say, yeah. you got deep as hell, my nigga. <laughs> yeah, my fault. I was, I, yeah, I, I got I to gotta refocus. I know I could like go on for days. So let me we just We got try that to Johnny Walker in here. So don't mind us. <laughs> um, third quality a woman that doesn't feel, doesn't, that doesn't get jealous from other women. I know that's very hard because women would say, oh, you know, that girl's cute. You know, I wish I had her body. I wish I had her body. But it's like if a woman, then I'm, my queen that I'm talking to, she says, oh, you know, I love her body, you know, but I'm, you know, I'm in love with what I have right now. That's like showing me confidence right there. That just tells me that you ain't going to be like one of those women going out saying, hey, I need to go get a butt surgery because that girl's butt look good. Like that, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, if you got that confidence and that actually leads to another quality confidence, there's a lot of women that don't have confidence. Now, that's real. A lot, a, lot of the, a lot of the ones you think is bad, too, don't have the confidence. Exactly. That's why they be going the extra mile, mm-hmm. trying to show out all the time. Yep. And honestly, it's like they have a lot of insecurities that makes them do to, like makes them commit to decisions that they necessarily don't want to commit to. Like, let's say, OK. A woman that's like, okay, I'm a woman say, oh, I like this guy. So, you know, let me have sex with him for the first, like on a one night stand. And he won't think of those other women that was at the club. Like, I, you don't have to, you know, you don't have to pretty much go into that type of, you know, decision making just because you want that man to get your attention, you know? And with that insecurity that a lot of these women have, it makes it very hard for a guy like me to be able to dictate that that's a woman with insecurities. Cause I would look at her and say, okay, obviously, you know, she's bad, she's hot. But then if I talk to her, she may do something like, oh, you know, let me shut this person down because I'm not really into him. 
But then at the same time, are you just shutting me down just from, you know, pure looks and not knowing that I have qualities that you're looking for? Mm. Or is it that you're shutting me down because, you know, you got your eye on one prize in the room, but you necessarily know that that person's not right for you. So that's what a lot of a lot of women, they they get stumped in in that situation where they're trying to decide, OK, do I chase the guy that's not right for me or do I shut down or do I chase the guy that, you know, that has the qualities that I'm looking for? And then shut down the ones that, you know, look like your average Chris Brown or Trey songs and everything, you know, mm-hmm. and not to throw them out there like that. But at the same time, it's like that's where the distractions come from. You know, you're on social media, you know, you see, you know, uh, a good looking brother that has like, I don't know, like 10 million followers. A girl's going to say, well, dang, if, that, if that's the it guy, you know, I need to find me my it guy. To kind of play off of that before I get into my qualities, I kind of think that what girls do, I don't feel like women go about it that way. I feel like a lot of times when you still are young, like when, when a female's younger, yeah, she wants the guy that everybody else wants. Like, I don't think no female want to be with a guy that no other female wants. I don't think no guy want to be with a female that no man wants. Like, you always yeah. want to feel like your partner is attractive and other people think they're they're attractive as well. True. I True. mean I mean that comes with the nature and I feel like this comes with, you know, how secure you are with your relationship and your confidence, like you said. Yeah. But uh for my qualities, uh number one thing is uh just be nurturing. Like I feel like a lot of times uh females, I wanna say aren't nurturing, mm-hmm. but you have to put in so much work just to get that side out of them. Yeah. Because yeah. they probably been through some bullshit with other guys and they probably guarded Mm-hmm. But, like, bring that soft side back, females, because, I mean, a lot of us brothers need that. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, we always rough and tough all the time. Like, when we get home, we don't want to be arguing, being tough. We want to be with our lady that will nurture us. Yeah. That's true. That's true. I, I I agree with that, you know. Also, I feel like I like a girl who is honest and straightforward. I don't like a person that beat around the bush. Like we, I don't think I can. I can be with a female that feel like she has to hold her tongue around me or anybody. Mm-hmm. I like. A, I like a female that is her own person, will speak her mind. It can contribute to any room that she's in. I don't want to be with somebody that's just quiet in the corner, and I'm just speaking for the both of us. Like, nah. Mm-hmm. Like, if I'm gonna be with, if I'm gonna be a boss, I want to be be with a boss as well. Like, <laughs> like I want to. I want to be with a chick that's just like me. I want to. Be able to talk shit at the space table, playing dominoes, all of that. I want my girl to fit in. I'm not one of them guys that want to be like, all right, I got to hold my girl back because I feel like other oh, guys going to be ironing her or my, my girl going to cheat on me. Like, nah, I want to be confident enough to be like, you know what? This is my partner. We out here together. That's real shit right there. Nah. Let me, what other quality do I want in my queen? Just understanding. You know, sometimes mm. I feel like as people, like that's, that goes for everybody. Sometimes we just don't understand where somebody else is coming from. We just take what they say or what they might text or type and just take our own view with it. We don't really try to see their point of view. Like yeah. I, want, I want a female that I can actually dig into her mind. She can dig into mine and we can have like mature conversations with nobody getting heated or mad, but us both just learning something new. So if a female can teach me something new, that's like a, a total turn on to me. So mm. those are some qualities that I like. Oh. But I'm going to probably end the Q&A questions because I feel like my boy Ian <laughs> want to get into some shit. And this is something that I actually wanted to talk talk about for a while, but I actually been scared because I never really talked about mine before. Mm-hmm. But uh, family trauma, you know, mm. do you feel that the things you probably witnessed growing up or have been around affects you now when it comes to your daily relationships with your friends, family, girls, all of that? 
Yeah. Um, yeah. Family trauma has like really been, that's honestly been the main topic of my life. That's kind of like what scoped me to what I am right now. Anybody that knows me, they know that, um, you know, I have nothing but the uh, utmost respect for my mom. You know, I, I try to make sure that, you know, she's straight and she's good, you know, wherever I go. And then with the family members that's within my family, the stuff that they've been doing and, you know, the actions they may do allowed me to be able to see the picture from a bigger view. The more I get older, the more I become more nonchalant and immune to their actions because some of them didn't grow. Some of them still do the same stuff they did 10 years ago. You know, the stuff that I've witnessed, you know, from the, you know, the house I was living in with my mom and just even with, you know, you know, going through my phases of when I was going to college and finishing up high school, like, I've noticed like different behaviors from all my family members and even till till this day right now, like with them getting older, they're realizing that they're getting older. So they want to be able to connect more with me. Been one of the things that kind of like, you know, scoped me a lot in regards to um, family trauma. And I know I can see where you say, you know, it, it's it gets scary talking about it because you you want to open up about it. But then it's like as much as you want to open up about it, you don't want to like rethink or, you know, revisit those thoughts. It is one of those things that you need to have. Be able to, you know, level yourself, I would say. Even if you feel as though that you're lost in direction with your life, just talking about what you've been going through allows you to be able to see the things that you're going through from a different approach or, you know, approach it differently. And after that, it it helps you, you know, get through that situation that you may be going through. So what what did you notice growing up that affected you the most now where you think your personality is based off of it or how you move is based off of it? I would say um, the point of my life would be when I was, I want to say like around my teens, like going into my teens, so like like 14, like 13, 14, after that, even going all the way to 18, because my brother, he was, um he was just getting out of the military, I want to say. Around that time, he was either getting out or he was like finishing up. He did his three tours, you know, two in Iraq and one in Afghanistan, and it, it was pretty much where I was the only male in the house, and you know, my sister was still young. So everything that I was doing was pretty much like based off of, should this be the right thing that I'm doing or should I go to my parents? And I really didn't go to my father like that. I really went to my mother. My mother was like the one that kind of like developed me as much. My dad was just existing. It was to a point where I didn't talk to him because it was more of like, okay, well, he's only going to say the same thing that he's always been saying. But if I go to my mother, she might actually give me a different insight in regards to how I should um, approach the situation. So it was more of like, you know, me and my mom communicate. Like me and my mom is a tight bond. Like the, the stuff that we've been through together, it allowed me to be able to speak to her a little bit more than I ever thought I was going to be able to do. It helped me because I didn't really like trip them as much with certain situations because now I just think differently. That's a uh, real man. Like I kind of had not a similar situation. A lot of people don't know my situation growing up. I feel growing up, people thought I was like in a perfect household, perfect family. Mm -hmm. Not saying nothing was wrong. Like, honestly, I actually had a really good childhood. But around my uh, teenage years, I found that my dad was cheating on my mother. It, it hit me pretty hard when I first found out. I don't even think he still know that I know. So this is like the first time me speaking about it public. Mm -hmm. But uh, when I found that my dad was cheating on my mother, it just hurt me because it was just like, how can a man not be faithful to a woman that did so much to her. Cause honestly, my mother did it all. Cook, clean, pay bills, you know, whatever. Like yeah. I, I love her to death. So when I seen that, I was just like, you know, our happy home is real, mm. you know, cause growing up, 
being, especially me being the youngest, nobody in my family ever wanted to tell me the truth because they wanted to, you know, hide it. Yeah. That's kind of how families are growing up. They don't want to air out their skeletons or show that their life is not perfect. They want to put out a perfect image. It was yeah. a different kind of social media back then. Mm-hmm. But now... I feel like we're in a generation where we got to break these generational curses. I don't want to get too deep into like my whole story. Cause like I said, I still haven't like spoke to my dad or my mom about it publicly. My mom know that I know, but my dad, he sure as hell don't know. So if you are listening to this dad one day and you hear it, I mean, this is like <laughs> the gateway for us to talk about it, honestly, cause yeah. I still got to get the, I want to say the courage up, but. Sometimes I just feel like it's not my place because they had a place now where they're happy now, you know. So I don't want to bring up no past drama, but me just seeing that type of uh that type of relationship just really like hurt me. Mm. Like me growing up, I don't think my parents slept in the same bed since I was like fourteen. Damn. So like in my household growing up, we each had like our own room. Like we would go like we would get food, go to our own room, and be secluded. So that's why I feel like nowadays I like my own personal space. Yeah, yeah. And I don't like being around a lot of people. People don't really understand that. That's just how I was raised, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, growing up, I know you probably knew me in high school. You probably knew I was like, you know, the funny, crazy big boy and everything. Yeah, yeah, That yeah. was like my way to like, I wouldn't say rebel, but show my personality. Like, let, like, you know, kind of let myself free in a way in high like school. Escape, yeah. Escape in a way. So, yeah. I, and I felt comfortable in high school because like, honestly, like a lot, a lot of my friends was cool. Like, None of them judged me a lot. Like some of them knew my like knew about my life, and I love them for that. And I feel like the beautiful thing about Willowbrook High School is there were so many different personalities, and even if you got joked on, it was still love behind it. You yeah. know? Yeah. And I feel like a lot of schools didn't have that. Me just seeing my dad just like chew my mom and that, and seeing my mom actually stick around, it messed with me psychologically. Where it would just like, if I would be with a, a female too long, I would be like, Am I going to cheat on her eventually? Am I going to be like how my dad was? Okay, always moments in a, in, a, in a guy life where he had temptation. Yeah, and he feel yeah. like he ain't he gonna do something wrong. And sometimes when I felt that feeling, I'm like, damn, this is like my dad. Am I my dad? So those are some of the uh, things I've I've been battling with. Mm-hmm. I kind of realized this about two or three years ago, and I've been trying to uh, attack it a different way because I want to be the change. I want to be different. I want to show females that there are good guys still out there that 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 are about something, that are willing to bring something to the table and provide for you and just love you. Yeah. As long as I stay true to myself, I can't go wrong. Yeah. But sometimes I feel like some females like that toxic relationship. I know a lot of females in relationships that are toxic. They go in and out just because, you know, I don't know. Maybe it's enjoyable in a way. Is it possible to have an actual good relationship nowadays? Like that Damon Wayne's, my (laughs) wife and kids relationship. Like that Gina and Martin, is that possible now? Is that, is that attainable? Because me growing up, I really didn't see it. I've mm-hmm. seen a lot of relationships, but not happy relationships that mess with me to this day. And mm-hmm. sometimes I feel like maybe love is not real, but also moments where I be like, you know, love is real and I really want to pursue that. So yeah. I do feel like we all have family traumas. And if you are a family member listening to this, don't judge my father. Like, you know, he's a, he was a great father to me, mm-hmm. a great man. He's doing great by my mom right now. Everything's good. But- as a parent, especially to y'all young parents, parents my age, mm-hmm. your kids see everything. Yeah, definitely. Especially if you don't think they do. Like, they, they monitor everything. And how they see you is going to affect them in one way or another. Yeah. So, just make sure you carry yourself wisely because you are really nurturing the next generation. Yeah. How the next generation is going to move is how you raise them. Yeah. No. And thankfully, my parents raised a, a good-mannered child. Like I'm, I'm, like, I'm a good dude. I'm not gonna say my parents raised me in no no hellish conditions. Like the only thing I seen was the the disconnect between my mother and father. 
Yeah. Everything else they gave me. Like I said, I don't think it's my place to really like, you know, speak on my parents' <laughs> skeletons, but it, like I said, I'm a work in progress. So like when I do talk to females and sometimes I do see them reserved, but sometimes it's just me just kind of scared to give them my all sometimes. Because mm, I yeah. feel like when you do give your all yeah. and somebody do fall in love with you and some and maybe something happens, you take it away, somebody really going to get hurt in the, in the process. And I don't want to be the person that hurt anybody. That's something that I'm coping with. And I feel like family trauma do run deep. And all of us, I feel like we all have stories that are similar or even worse. Yeah. So I feel like, you know, the more we talk about it, and hopefully one day I can get the the balls to talk to my dad about this. I really don't think he probably would care about bringing it up, but it's just a tough subject for me, you know? So I'm happy that you was able to open up about yours a little bit. But uh, so how's your relationship with your dad, though? Still a work in progress. Um, I haven't talked to him since October. The last time I tried to um, talk to him, it was like, more of like, cause we, with my dad to better explain it, he has tunnel vision. So he only like, he only talks about what he knows. You know, everybody that knows, like literally everybody in Willingboro knows my dad. He was that coach in AAU and either he was that coach that was like too loud and old as hell, or he was either at the barbershop trying to sell all, sell knockoff jerseys. Sorry if you bought a jersey. Sorry, that wasn't me. That was my dad. So you could go yell at him and whatnot. That, yeah, he a hustler, man. And yeah, that was that up North mentality. So I was like, Nah, that's that's not me and everything. He even gave me a knockoff, and I was like, God damn. And I think those are the things that kind of I, I kind of learned that helped sculpt me in regards to how I am right now. But I'm gonna go into detail with that later. But like with my dad, try yeah, I tried to talk to him in October. There was a situation when I was in basic where like some something messed up my eyes and everything, so I had to get surgery and everything. Every time he called me. The only thing he asked about was, hey, how's your eyes going? How's your eyes and everything? And, um, you know, how's your car? Those were the only two questions he asked. Now, I understand that he's like concerned about my well-being, but he still has that father and you're a young kid mentality. So he still thinks that I'm like 16 and 17 the way he talks to me. He doesn't have that adult talk where he's like, hey, how's it going? You know, you know, how's the environment down there? Are you um, meeting different people? Like things to allow me to open up more than where I'm at right now. It was to a point where I got frustrated with it. I just stopped talking. I stopped talking. My mom, she actually, she bugged me about it. She was like, hey, your father keeps on messaging me. You know, I don't talk to him like that, but can you give him a call and everything? And, you know, like I said, I respect my mother. So uh, I was like, all right, cool. Let me just um, give him a call, you know, so he stopped bugging my moms and everything. So I gave him a call. I was like, I was like, hey, how's it going? He was like, yeah, nothing much. And he said, and he said the same question. He said, hey, how's your eyes going? And um, I said, everything's good. And he said, I've been trying to reach you. I'm trying to figure out what's going on. Like, um, what happened on your phone? And I said, to be honest with you, I stopped talking to everybody that, kept on asking me the same questions. It got to a point where it frustrated me because y'all are telling me stuff that I already realized. And the moment I said that, the first thing I hit head was, oh, okay, well then I got to stop, you know, being concerned about you since that's a big issue. And I'm like, damn, like, did that shit go over your fucking head? Like, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I'm like, in, in my head, I'm like, damn, like, you know, you taking this to a whole different level. Like, I'm not saying here tripping at you because you're concerned about me. I'm tripping because those are the same shit. That's the same shit you asking me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, let me get my mind off the shit I'm already dealing with. After that, like, that's when, you know, and I ain't going to front. That's when the anger came out of me. And I was like, yo, like, you know, you, you, you really don't fucking get it. You know what I'm saying? And I was like, you know what? I'm not even going to sit here and trip on this shit. Like, you know, I'm miles away. I don't have to be dealing with this shit. And like, literally, you know, we just had an argument kind of fell out. Now, I understand that it's going to be a time where I want to mend that because he is getting older and I don't want to have that last thought 
in my head in regards to the last conversation we had, but it's difficult for me to be able to get into that mode to want to talk to him. Like I'm so in tune with my adulthood right now that it's like me trying to contact him is a distraction. I feel you, bro, but I just got to tell you this, man. You got to you got to mend that relationship, dog. Mm. That's serious. Uh, like one point for me is when I was high school and I found out my dad cheated on my mom. I really wasn't fucking with him. Like I wasn't like talking to my dad. Like we normally talked all the time. Mm-hmm. I'll tell him about football, how my day was. Like I just really wasn't like communicated with him. Mm-hmm. And uh, I noticed that like he was really affected by it in a way. And like around that time, he had a heart attack. And when he had a heart attack, I was just like, damn, like I almost lost my father. Mm-hmm. And it kind of rewired how I was thinking because I was really moving like I wanted to like disown him in a way. Mm-hmm. But I realized that he never did nothing to me. Like he, he did nothing but like love me. If one thing I can say about my dad is if he loved anybody in this world, it was me and my sisters. I don't know whether he like fully loved my mother. I don't know about his siblings or his or his parents. I know he loved his parents. But mm-hmm. I'm talking about like somebody outside of his immediate family. Yeah. That he grew up with, I knew that me and my sisters was like his whole world. Like he really like focused his life around us, and I can never hate a man for that. Yeah, there's some people with no fathers in their lives. True. Like True. my dad's always there to listen listen to any problems I have, and it's so crazy because it's scary to me because I be going through so many things nowadays. I ask him about it, he been through them. Mm. Like he give me like the perfect advice, and it's almost like I can kind of understand sometimes. Like when you start getting older and talk to your parents about certain things, sometimes you can understand about some of the mistakes they made, mm-hmm. even though it might not have been perfect. But I know for a fact that uh, I was blessed to have my father in my life, mm-hmm. and I know a lot of my friends that lost their fathers in the past year or two. I put money that they, they wish they had anything to talk to them again. You know, yeah. So I know I know it's tough, dog. Like, but you gotta. I'm not saying today. Yeah, find, yeah. Like find a way to like mend that because that's real, man. Like these these days are like are numbered. Like and real quick, I just want to uh, say R.I.P. to Ebony Pauline uh, oh, from yeah, one of our high school. Uh, I personally didn't know you. I knew of you. Like I seen you every now and then in the hallway. But I was cool with a lot of your friends, mm-hmm. and a lot of your friends loved you dearly. I seen you on Instagram and the social media all the time with your nephews and these little kids. And I knew you had a great soul. And it's just crazy when you see people pass around your age. And my sisters are even texting me. And they like seven, eight years older than me. I don't know how they know who this girl is, but they know her sister, whoever their family member is. So it, it runs deep. Yeah. And uh, so if you ever have any suicidal thoughts, like just make, just talk to your friends. Because that was the saddest thing I saw that I, I feel like none of her friends really knew what was going on. Mm, and that's yeah. a scary thing when you when you feel like you are somebody's person and you feel like you really fuck with somebody mm. and something happens that you can't control it like it really can mess with your psyche so i just want to say uh shout out the class of 2012 y'all class suffered a lot of losses the most losses i've I seen and all i can say is that you know my prayers and my hearts is with you guys you know yeah, and just to piggyback on Ebony, like I, I actually worked close with her too. She was um she was at my job when I was in Jersey. She was at T D Bank and She um, worked with my sister. Like it's crazy. Yeah, like I like I talk I walk I talked to her, you know, from time to time. She was just a pure soul. She was a good soul. You know, she, you you could see from her that she didn't allow anything to affect her and she was just trying to strive in life. When you just don't have a support group, it kinda sucks. Cause you know every decision that you make is purely based off what you think is right, and it may not be the right decision, but it's like you don't want that decision to backfire. But then when it does backfire, now you're in a different hole, and you're like, damn, like how do I get out of this one? And then without that support group, you you only rely on things that 
allows you to not think about the situation. Now, I don't personally know exactly what was the cause of death, so I don't speak about stuff if I don't know about it. But I do know that, you know, with her, she did have people that loved her. You know, loved her for real. And like. people that actually like spoke about her that said like what type of person she was. You know, obviously we don't know what you know skeletons were in the closet that affected her because it may not even been personally on her behalf. It may have been you know you know her surrounding environment that affected her. But yeah. at the same time, it's like then what could have we what could we have done better? To help her stay alive to to this day, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, shout out to Ebony, you know, good soul. You know, I loved working with her. She was always, you know, funny. She she kept me laughing, you know, because it was times where I didn't even want to come to work. I was like, fuck this shit. <laughs> and she would sit there and say, hey, you know, why you got that frown on your face? I'm like, I ain't frowning. Then she say some funny shit. And I'm like, man, fuck you. And I start laughing. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, shout out to her and everything, you know. Um, even shout out to whatchamacallit, too. I found out about him. Um, pop smoke. Yeah. No. No. Not. 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 Um. Johnson. Who Johnson? I want to say. I want to say Chris Johnson. Like sometime in the beginning of the year or last year, they they say he was like going missing. He was known in BCIT though. You gotta. You gotta show me a picture after this. Yeah. 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 R.I.P. 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 To him too, cause. I, I was actually talking to one of the sergeants that was in the school I was at. I was like, I was like, hey, sergeant. I was like, I heard you was from um Broadway. He was like, yeah, I'm from Broadway. I was like, yeah, I'm from Willingboro. He was like, yeah, my wife's from there. He said, like, you know a kid named um Chris Johnson? I want to say Chris, that's his first name. But um he was like, I was like, yeah. He was like, yeah, you know, my wife was real close to him. And, you know, he passed away recently. But I knew about it. And I was like, yeah, you know, that's it's a small world and everything. Like, it's crazy because, like, you know, I, I you know, he was cool people too when I was in BCIT. And it's just like. You know, seeing deaths going back to back, it's like it's mind numbing. You know, because I'm I'm about to turn 27 next week, March 7th, Pisces gang. You know, but uh, besides all of that, <laughs> word word, it's like I don't see myself dying tomorrow. I don't see myself dying next year. I, I see so much life in front of me. Mm-hmm. So just to see people that are either my age or younger than me passing away, yeah, it just really shows your mortality and. It makes you just really be like, all right, you got to wake the fuck up and do some shit. Yeah. For real. Like, like, what are you doing with your life? Yeah. What story are you going to leave behind? And what are people going to say about you when you do pass? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, these are all things you got to think of. And it's deep, man. Like, it's real deep. And it's uh, it's scary. I'm the type of person that I don't like to think about death. I, I wasn't really raised around death. So, it's kind of it kind of hit me around my, like, 20s, all these deaths that I'm seeing. Mm-hmm. And it's sometimes it's hard for me to wrap my mind around it, like, and I don't know whether I'm insensitive to it or what, but I just know that I just want to celebrate the people that did pass away. And I just want to uh, put my uh, condolences out to all the families that lost somebody this year or any time, because it never get easier. Yeah, nah, I feel you on that one. Like, it's to a point where like death is now like a second language in a sense. You know, we hear about it and we're like, damn, that's crazy. And, you know, we sh- we share our condolences and everything. But then it's like, it's so crazy because, like, everything will be hyped up in regards to that two day, the, fir- the first two days or three days of hearing about the death. And then, like, literally the following week, everybody goes back to sharing memes and, you know, that was funny in that post and all that shit. It's like, it's weird. You know what I'm saying? No, nah, nah, it really is weird. Yeah, like. But uh, we starting to get around the 50 mark. I kind of want to end this on a positive note. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So are there any any gems you want to drop? Anything you learned throughout your life in the military that you kind of want to share to the viewers? Regardless of what situation you're in, if you have options in life, you always get out of it. You know, you want to always have options. Um, I kind of like 
took parts of that from what my mom used to tell me, because when you have options in life, it allows you to be able to think of the opportunities that you can have. Um, you don't want to think that you're always in a dead end because when the moment you feel like you're in a dead end, you're not going to think anything more. You're going to think, okay, well, you know, I'm not worth anything, blah, 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 blah. And then that's when, you know, mental health, a mental health check becomes in reality. Honestly, have options in life. If you have options, it helps you revamp what you're going through. And after that, hopefully give you a better outcome based off your circumstances. Dope, dope. Yeah. And uh, basically what I had to say, which was a positive note is actually it's not even a positive note. It's something I observed this past week. I'm seeing a lot of people that are creators or designers or artists. They always talk so negatively saying that there are these people out here that, that, that want to see them fail. Like they got haters i'm not saying that people don't have haters i feel sometimes people make imaginary people in their head imaginary hate in their head and they just make that situation toxic i see so many people on facebook that get so much love so many shares Mm -hmm. so many people reaching out to them that they never really focus on that yeah they focus on the one or two bad comments or the one or two people that didn't share it yeah my main thing to everybody that is a content creator is do not focus on haters or anybody that speaks negative on you. Focus on people that fuck with you. I'm not saying everybody fuck with my podcast, but the 10 to the 15 viewers that do, that interact with me every day, I really appreciate that shit. I really love that shit for real because I know y'all real. Y'all, y'all here for me whether I'm up or down. Yeah, yeah. And I'd rather have that than a motherfucker that go away if I say one thing that they don't like. Yeah. So, like I said, if you're a creator, just focus on the positive and you're going to get it all back. I'm telling you, like you really get back what you put out in the universe. That's my only positive note for today. But it's your boy Trader Realist from Real Last Conversation. It's episode number nine. My boy Ian, drop your Instagram one more time. Where So my Instagram is E underscore chapter 27. Also, if y'all follow that. Um, cause I'm not as active, but I will be active if someone interacts with me, you know, I'm not a shy person, so I would talk to you, but I actually have some merchandise that I'm actually working on. I don't want to talk much about it because it's still in the development phase, but it's more of like, you know, merchandise that relates more to the people. So, you know, once I release that and it's on my feed, y'all definitely understand it. It'll make sense once it starts releasing. So. Yeah, y'all better stay tuned and cop the fuck yeah, up, all yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> Yo, fuck with my boy, man. Yo, it's all been love. I appreciate him coming out here. Word. It's episode number nine. Peace. <laughs>